0: Hey cuties, I feel like every week I try to say something either like that's similar to the week before or I try to like come up with some sort of gimmick or some sort of shtick that's gonna like work but then I realize that like one like I'm wildly unhinged, I'm just educated just enough to like talk to you guys about why it's okay for us to be unhinged I guess. Um, so I don't really need like a gimmick, but I will say this. Do you guys remember like deep in the pandemic when like it was like the Joe exotic era and Carol Baskin was just out there and it was just always, everything was, Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, bro. Why was that such a, like a wild time? Why did Joe exotic like own our pandemic? I feel like that era of the pandemic was like, somewhat okay because you had like how many ever episodes of tiger king were on netflix you had you know groceries on delivery and you were like still like able to like get drunk in your house and facetime your friends so like that part of it wasn't so bad and i remember i was um, I'll get to today's topic too, but like, I just felt like this was a funny story. Cause I'm thinking about intros and I'm just thinking about Carol Baskin and how that was her intro on her and her weird husband's like YouTube channel. Um, and I just think that's so fucking funny because yeah, she was, she was something else. I don't say it was like, she's still alive. Can't say the same for her old husband though. I didn't say that though. I, I'm not saying anything like that. I don't know if he's dead, but I'm not the cops. Um, but I remember that was like a wild time in the pandemic where it was just like a free for all. It was like airport rules, you know, like in the airport, you can drink at six o'clock in the morning and absolutely nobody will bat an eye. You can do pretty much whatever as long as like that part of the pandemic was like, you could do pretty much whatever. You just needed to stay six feet away from everybody that you cared about. And, I mean, that part was, you know, not the greatest. Um, or, like, not being able to, like, just live normal life. But at the same time, it was kind of cool to just be able to just chill at home and, like, day drink and then FaceTime your friends. But then once, like, Zoom dinner started getting in there, uh, uh, skip it all. That was me fast-forwarding it. Also, I don't want you guys to, like, think I'm taking some sort of, like, political stance. Because that's all I need. Is somebody to, like, think, Ah! She felt this way! Ah! I felt this way! Nope! That's not what we're here to talk about. Um... (laughs) So, I'm going to get back to what we were originally supposed to talk about. Um... And I think that's, like, the beauty of this podcast, too, is that, like, we're going to go off script. We are going to, like, just have a free-for-all conversation, just you and I. I had a friend ask me yesterday, like, straight up about, hey, do you, like, write out, like, a script or anything like that because it all sounds so authentic And that was one of the biggest compliments I think I've ever gotten was just how this feels authentic. And that's the way I want it to feel because, uh, no, I don't write out a script. I wing it on a wing and a prayer, baby, every single Sunday. Well, I pre-record them so you hear them on Sunday, but you know what the fuck I mean. But the whole, like, premise of this is that, like, I I do write out, like, the topics. Like, today's topic, oof, baby. We're gonna get into it. I also don't know why I said it like that, but neither here nor there. The beauty of not being sorry about being off the hinges and off the rails is that I'm gonna be who I am every single Sunday. Because I want to show you that it's okay for you to be you every single Sunday, okay? Um... But today, we're going to do something that's not entirely different from what we have done. But today's topic is we are going to talk about toxicity. Um, And I'm not talking about like your blood alcohol level. Because um, it could be high while you listen to this. I don't give a shit. You do you. Um, I'm not talking about... What the FDA approves for you to pump into your body um, that shouldn't be in your body. I'm not talking about that either. Um, I'm also not even talking about toxicity when it comes to high fructose corn syrup. I'm talking about toxicity when it comes to people. When it comes to people. Like, I want to know why, what, how, when, how did it start, where did it come from, and how we can, like, knock back at that shit. Like, it's very much a knuck if you buck type society, right? But, like, when it comes to toxic behavior and toxic attitudes, toxic mindsets, like, how the fuck do we stay away from it? How do we prevent ourselves from, like, slipping into toxic patterns and behaviors and attitudes? And how do we, like, stay away from people who are like that? Because, like, the thing about it is is that we live in a society that genuinely promotes toxicity from the memes we scroll past on instagram which again i am not saying in any way shape or form that i don't have a sense of humor i will laugh at a toxic meme just as much as the next guy but then there are some people who take that shit at face value so like from the memes we listen to to the song or the memes we read to the songs we listen to Like, I heard a song that said, I ride for my boys, but I lie to my bitch. And it's just like, first of all, don't talk about the girl that you're with like that. That's gross. And second of all, I don't understand, like, where, I don't understand the whole, like, I will ride for my boys. He also doesn't say boys, but, like, you guys can fill in the blanks. I ride for my boys, but I lie to my bitch. Like, that just sounds so ridiculous to me. Um, because what, like, what do you mean? Like the person who keeps your home intact, you'd be willing to ride for your boys, which means whatever they want to do, you will do. And whatever your quote unquote bitch at home says doesn't matter. And you'll lie to her and that's totally fine. Um, so like I said, toxicity has infiltrated our lives in a way where we have normalized it. Um, I'll be the first person to say this, and this is a topic where, like, I'm going, like, a little bit off script, in the sense that, like, I have downloaded, or not downloaded, downloaded? What the fuck? What is this, 1993, and I got my Lion King CD-ROM? I don't know why I said downloaded. I screenshotted, like a normal person in 2023, a few, like, memes that stuck out to me, but then also, like, I... I also put in a questionnaire on my um, like a question box on my Instagram and asked you guys for examples of what you see or examples that you've dealt with, with like toxic behavior, with patterns of just toxicity that you've seen, examples, things that set you off, triggers, even examples within yourself. Right. But like one thing that I've noticed is like I'll be the first person to tell you that like I'm not I'm not a fucking saint. I have watched porn, I still do watch it, but porn normalizes stuff that is not okay, right? So, I feel like toxicity has infiltrated our society in that sense too, because it's like, how do I say this? It's like, porn will give you the idea that like there's there's a plot, right? Oh, yeah, like, there's a plot. Like, a handyman comes in or a pizza guy comes to deliver. Like, whatever. That was at the basics. Those were, like, the beginning. But now, it's, like, porn has these plots that trigger warning these words could be offensive to some people. Well, they are offensive to anybody, but I just want don't want to catch any of y'all off guard that these are kind of, like, harmful, like, words. But, like, porn has these plots that are based off, like, rape incest sexism and sexual violence right and then they will claim that like oh well it's just a fantasy it's just a fantasy don't worry that's just a fantasy and again I'm not here to kink shame anybody I don't give a shit what you do in the privacy of your own with your partner with yourself anything like that as long as it ain't with a kid I don't give a fuck what you do Okay, I've said that from the jump. I don't care what you guys do as long as you're not a fucking pedophile, right? But normalizing, glorifying, and basically like I read this somewhere that like we normalize it and we glorify it and we sexualize this abuse. That's fucking toxic. Like I don't understand why this is so wildly celebrated and again, I'm not here to kink shame anybody because like, you know, don't worry. Like everybody likes a hand around the throat every once in a while, but I'm not here to kink shame anybody. But what I am saying is, is there's an entire industry that has glorified toxicity, especially when it comes to like sexual violence, because young men. So when I say like the memes and the music porn things like this it all infiltrates your home in some way shape or form right like there are some motherfuckers out there that take that shit at face value like <laughs> like literally will read a meme or see a porn or li- listen to a song and take that shit at face value at how you're supposed to treat people like i don't understand when did we when did we stray so far off the beaten path. Now, this isn't me going, ah, oh, I the good old days. I wasn't around for the good old days, and I don't even know what those fucking are. Everybody's interpretation of the good old days is their interpretation of the good old days. But when did we allow this to happen? Because first and foremost, I think toxicity starts with the family, okay? Um, My very first experience with toxicity was... Obviously, I know I've gone down, like, six different side streets with ADHD right now. And I'm, I'm having, like, eight different conversations with you guys. Just go with it, baby. Um, but anyway, like... <laughs> my first experience was talk to- with toxicity or at least being old enough to recognize that, like, that shit was weird was my mom and my dad were getting a divorce. And, like, they... Well, they had gotten divorced. And my mom was talking to me about something that happened during their divorce. I'm um, also sorry, there's a plane driving by. I'm not in some fancy schmancy studio. So sorry if you can hear that. But anyway, um, my mom and my dad were getting a divorce. And um, they got the divorce, but it took from the time I was two until the time I was six. And one day my mom, um, like later on after the fact, had come to me and been like, yeah that shit was wild with your dad like his friends tried to run me off the road so i poured sugar in his gas tank isn't that crazy and i looked at her and i was like well i'm seven so (laughs) i guess so i think like that was my first dose of like what toxicity looks like and to all my friends and like people that I know who have gotten a divorce or have done it tactfully with children, I commend you because I think that toxicity starts in the home. And it doesn't necessarily start with a broken family. It can start from generational trauma, right? It can start with like a cycle of like, well, this happened to me, so like hurt people hurt people. I don't I don't fucking care and I don't subscribe to that narrative. But I was like seven when my mom told me this. And that was the first like real instance of like me understanding that like a parent will badmouth another parent to a child, thinking that it's going to ease their burden. When in all actuality, what it does is it poisons that child against the other parent. That's toxic as fuck. Because you chose to have children with that person. You should never poison the well before the kids ever had a chance to drink from it. You get what I'm saying? Whoa. (laughs) That sounded super biblical, and I didn't mean it to. (laughs) Don't poison the well before you have a chance to drink from it. Like, I felt like I sounded very, like, sophisticated. Um, Like, I'm not sitting here in a stained Target t-shirt. But um, that sounded very sophisticated. But it's true, though. I think that, for the most part, like, I know that I talk to you guys a lot one-on-one. Like, last week was a little different. Like, I had a friend on, which was, I think is was wonderful. It was a fantastic episode. But I think that, like, toxicity starts in the home. And I'm saying this to you guys as if, like, we're having, like, a back-and-forth conversation because it's true. It starts in the home. And then slowly but surely that toxicity grows, right? So, like, let's say, like, you take, for example, a kid. Who experiences toxicity in the home? What does that manifest as? Well, it manifests as like a constant negative attitude, a disrespectful attitude. Then they start in down the road of like manipulation, where like they, they start with their, their friends or their teachers or pitting one parent against the other. Then it goes into bullying. And like that shit's not okay. But again, that all started from the home. And the reason why I say it all started in the home is because I used to work at a school, okay? Um, Some people like to be fancy and call it a therapeutic day school. I'm going to call it what it was. It was a behavioral school for kids whose last stop after public education was us. The doors were locked with key cards and we had these things called quiet rooms. Um... (laughs) which AKA meant that they were seclusion. It was solitary confinement, if you really want to call it what it was. But we served kids who were nonverbal and they couldn't be, like, basically housed in public school. And then we served kids who had emotional disorders. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, as someone who's educated enough to speak on the issue, emotional disorders... Uh No, that's called bad parenting. And if somebody wants to reach out to me and refute that or dispute it or whatever, go ahead. But I'm going to say this very tactfully as much as I can. Like, the familial system is broken. The system is broken. And our society breeds toxicity, celebrates it, glorifies it, and normalizes it. Um, I've been called every fucking name in the book by teenagers that just basically had no sense of guidance, structure, consistency, or anything like that in their home. So what does that breed? It breeds a toxic ass fucking kid. And then that toxic ass fucking kid goes home to their toxic ass parents. And then the cycle continues. So... That's where, like, all of it comes from. Like, it comes from the home. Toxicity starts there. If you live in a home where toxicity is just like, oh, we're going to normalize that shit, like, no, it's not okay. If you bring your kid in on your baby mama, baby daddy drama, no. That's your fault. So when your kid grows up to either hate one or the other, and here's the thing. I will say this, too, as much. Uh, there's not enough dads in the homes. Um, so, I think that this episode started out as very much like an episode about, like, toxic entities of our society. But it's also me giving examples of what toxicity looks like, especially in the home. And then just kind of, like, going from there. And I'm just kind of spiraling out, and you're along for the fucking ride. Um but there aren't enough dads in the homes and that's not me having any I'm not saying shit about shit up for single moms because they do the utmost. They do the utmost, but sometimes we don't also celebrate the single dads, you know what I'm saying like and I'm not I'm. It's like we weigh the, we weigh the many against the few or the few against the many. I don't know. I'm not good at fucking math. Okay. I studied psychology and I studied human behavior and why we do what we do. I didn't study this part of the statistical analogy, but that being said, there is so much toxic behavior that starts at home that we don't know how to combat because you know disrespect starts in the home because kids watch it manipulation starts in the home because kids watch it or they have fallen victim to it so my mom used to have these like little like coaching sessions with us as kids about what we were supposed to say to cps and she would always get fucking pissed at me because i would always say something different than what my little brother and sister said well the difference was is they were little so they just turned around and they like would say whatever was coached for them and that's how manipulation started. Disrespect started because I started noticing that like my mom allowed so many people into our home to be disrespectful. Bullying started because I was being bullied at home. My mom was being bullied by every Tom, Dick, and Harry that she allowed in our home, and then she turned around and bullied us kids. Mainly, like, a a lot of times I will say she bullied me because I was the oldest, but then came excessive criticism. What do you do with someone who, like, excessively criticizes you? Studies have shown that children who grow up with, hypercritical parents become extremely critical of themselves. So toxic behavior breeds toxic behavior, but sometimes it starts inward. Then there's gossiping and there's gaslighting and then there's jealousy and there's envy. All of these things are big blanket ideas of what toxic behavior looks like. Now the gossiping thing goes back to when like parents badmouth the other parent in front of the child or to the child. And and then what does that kid do? Where do they go with that? What do they do with that? Where do they take that information? They take that shit to school. And then they become sorry, I had to burp. I drink uh a sparkling mineral water and it's a little fizzy. Um I feel like this episode has kind of flown a little bit off the rails, but you guys will understand what I'm saying. Um, toxic behavior is a lot and I feel like there's so many things that are rooted in our childhood that um, I asked you guys on my Instagram to submit like your examples of toxic behavior and I got a lot of really good responses and so like I kind of like touched on I didn't kind of for 21 minutes now I've talked to you guys about toxic behavior in the home and gone down all these different rabbit holes so i want to get to like your questions i act like i have a time limit and like i couldn't just continue talking to you guys but i feel like i've gone off the rails a little bit but also no hold on we're just gonna get into this so i had one person uh message me and say that Tox- an example of toxic behavior that they have come in contact with is that everyone else is to blame and they can never admit their wrongdoing or own up to their contribution. 100%. And that is an example of toxicity that starts in the home because the person who can never own up to their shit is someone who has never held accountable for their shit. Um, I have a family member that's like this and, I get, I get told oftentimes, well, that's just how they are. That's just how they are. Like, you just have to deal with it. No, I don't. So, step one to recognizing, like, someone who blames everybody else. It's called blame shifting. Someone who blames everyone else. It's like, honey, can we please just, like, understand that, like, <laughs> if you're standing in a room full of people and everyone says that you hit the tree, and you're over here saying that the tree jumped out at you, um, we're going to go ahead and we should believe the group. But that person can never see that they did wrong because they were never told when they were younger that they were wrong. They were never held accountable or made to take accountability for their actions or responsibility. So that shit still, again, started in the home. But that is an example of toxic behavior that we just don't subscribe to. When someone decides that they want to blame shift and someone decides that they want to basically go and just be like, well, it's their fault. Well, they did this because of this. They did this, 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 and this. And that's not my fault because, like, well, I was raised a certain way. At some points, the way you were raised has fuck all to do with how you are as an adult. It starts with a choice. Just saying. You can choose to be a shitbag who's a toxic shitbag, or you can choose not to be a toxic shitbag. The saying that I like to go and I like to live my life by is, it ran in my family until it ran into me. Don't quote me because that's not an original quote for me. I have no idea who said it. I don't claim any credit for it, but it's a fucking fantastic saying because it's true it did run in my family until it ran into me that is a hundred percent fact because i knocked back at the idea of continuing the cycle of toxicity <sighs> that's just my own little story sometimes i feel like i could just sit here and talk to you guys forever about myself but that would be <laughs> extremely um just not okay and probably borderline narcissistic but anyway Um, so another person, um, another, uh, and I almost said another someone, but it's 2023. You can't assume, right? Um, someone else said having expectations for others, but not holding yourself accountable for the same. Well, that's like me saying like, well, I want them to make sure that they pick me up at 4 a.m. But my phone's on do not disturb, and I would never pick them up at four a.m. The way I have gauged my friendships over the years, um, I've gone through a series of different friendships. I've gone through a series of different um, things that have really just helped me to recognize when someone is wanting to have the same have have these expectations of me. Because Holly's always down to ride. Holly's always down to do it. Holly will bend over backwards for you. Yes, correct. She will always bend over backwards for you. She will always do whatever she can to make sure that everything is right in your world. The difference is now is that if I don't feel that same level of reciprocity, I won't do it anymore. So I gauge myself and I gauge my friendships and I gauge my interactions with people now off of who my 4 a.m. friends are. So I don't have dick in the ways of really like family and I don't have like a lot like when it comes to that. But I have family that I've made family that I've chosen, but I gauge them off of whether or not they're a 4 a.m. person. It means, that does not mean we are out till all, all hours of the night railing coke off toilet seats. Mm. <laughs> I don't know though. No, I'm just kidding. But um, what I mean is, is that like, can I call you at 4 a.m. and you'll be there? Can I call you at 4 a.m. and know that you'll answer the phone? Can you call me at 4 a.m. and know that I will answer the phone? For me, it's always going to be a yes. But if I can't tell whether or not you're a 4 a.m. friend, don't hold those same expectations for me and then not hold them for yourself. That shit's gross and it's toxic. And that may be kind of like a basic level of toxic, but it is also still, it's toxic behavior because you expect something from me that you would never give me. And I don't fucking have time for that. If you expect something from me that you would never give me, why? Why would I do that? What would be the point? That would be ridiculous. So that goes back to the episode that we talked about, about setting boundaries. Say no. If you can't expect yourself from your friends, those are not your people because you are a reflection of the circle you keep, right? And the same goes, you know what? We're going off on a tangent now and I don't care. I called it. Don't care. Um, The same goes for fucking family members. So my age, my age generation, we come from a generation of our parents kind of just sacked up and just said, well, family's family no matter what they do. It is what it is. Yeah, you got a funky uncle or yeah, like your aunt who drinks too much and is kind of a fucking nut job. And at Thanksgiving always brings up everybody's fucking drama. It's always hectic. It's always horrible. Why? 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 Who said that that was okay? Who said that that was normal? Who said that that wasn't toxic behavior that you were allowed to cut out? Because your parents will be the first ones to tell you they know what's best for you and then still let you hang out with every Tom, Dick, and Harry if they're related, right? No. The same goes for toxic family members. If your family members are not someone that you can call at 4 a.m. and know that they will be there for you and the same in return, cut it the fuck off. Because, yes, I know there are levels to friendships and levels to relationships, but blood does not mean that you're exempt from me setting boundaries. And I will say that again. Blood does not make you exempt from a boundary. Because it just doesn't. Like, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't. And too many people are so obsessed with, like, well, th- they are the way they are because, you know, they grew up rough. Or they are that way because, like, they had it really tough as a child. When when did that become, like, the thing that, like, we defined everything by? If they're toxic and they choose not to change, I don't actually see the familial tie. I see you being bad for my, bad for my mental health. I see you being bad for my mental stability. So no, ain't got time. So, um, another person said that, um, gaslighting, manipulation, and constantly, like, having a sense of entitlement. Well, yeah. Of course that's toxic. I have a family member who will remind me that I, they bought me a burrito in 1997. Okay? <laughs> I don't give a fuck about said burrito in 1997. I don't. <laughs> I don't because you know the thing is is that like someone who constantly holds things over your head is always, always going to be a toxic entity in your life. Someone who continues to say, like, hey, remember that time? Remember that time? Remember that time? But the second you say, remember that time, they're like, oh, that never happened. Or, oh, well, that's because of, or they blame you. They turn it around on you. And they try to distort your reality. That's another form of being toxic because it's gaslighting. I remember one time I had a friend who said something to me. And they said, oh, well, that's how so-and-so and and I, like, ended our relationship. And I turned around and I was like, what? I thought you guys ended the relationship a long time ago. And this friend straight up goes, what? I didn't even say that. And I just sat there and I was like, yes, you did. I just heard you say it. I just heard you say it. No, you must be hearing things because that's definitely not what I said. I could definitely take you to the doctor. Because that's something you might need. Because I definitely didn't say that. Here's the thing. There's two points I'm going to make. One. They did in fact fucking say that. And two. They were gaslighting me into thinking that I was crazy. Don't do that shit. Don't do that. Because that shit's not okay. Especially when it comes to gaslighting. And when you think someone owes you something. Because like. When you think someone owes you something, it means you think that you're entitled to whatever that person has, and you're not. And the second that person decides to draw a hard line with you and say, uh, "I don't actually owe you that," and you flip the script and you try to tell them, "Well, actually, like you do because like this," and how how dare you deny me this? How dare I deny you that? Huh? Huh? No. This life is way too full of people with their fucking handout. out. Um, and I'll even go as far and people will take this the wrong way and I really don't give a fuck. I live in fucking Seattle. There are way too many people with their fucking hand out. So I genuinely don't have time for someone that I know and someone that I'm close with to have their handout all the time. To be like, well, you owe me. Says who? Says who? No way. Mm-mm. Ain't gonna happen. Never, never in this fucking lifetime is that going to happen. So that's the thing is like you have to recognize this shit up front and like right off the gate because you have to be able to have self-awareness. That's the thing. You have to be able to have self-awareness to recognize whether or not you are contributing to a toxic situation. And when I say contributing, I don't mean like being toxic with them, but being able to self-reflect on how you contributed to the situation. Because if someone always thinks you owe them something and you're always giving it to them, they're always going to assume you owe them something, right? But you also have to be open to the idea that someone might give you feedback about a situation. You have to be open to the idea that like, okay... Me, personally, I've had to own up to a few things, even recently. And this is me sitting on the other end of this mic, um, saying to you guys that this is a situation that I dealt with recently. And someone was kind enough to say to me, Hey, I need to give you some feedback about it. So the story was, I got fucking hammered. Okay? Hammered drunk. Just hammered and it turns out i wasn't very nice to some people um and i said some things and i kept saying like ah oh, fuck this i can do it alone i can go at it by myself i can do this i can do that i don't need you like just leave whatever but this person was kind enough to call me an uber do all this stuff and then they brought it up to me i believe it was the next day it might have been a day after i'm not sure anyway and they brought it up to me and they said hey I don't really want to be the one to say this or over text, but I'm worried about the way you conduct yourself when you drink like that because when you're upset and you go into that state, you tend to kind of be rude and you tend to take it out on people around you. Boom, that was all it took. I heard that feedback because I knew that it came from a place of love and it came from a place of understanding. So... I was willing to accept that. I was willing to reflect on it, and I was willing I was willing to change what needed to be changed because sometimes when it comes to toxic behavior, we have to be able to acknowledge our own hand in it. We have to be able to educate ourselves enough to know, hey, I played a part in that i most of that particular situation, I think I played all the parts, but um. We have to be able to acknowledge that we play a part in some of the toxic behavior that we allow in our lives. I wish I started recording these like on film because you could see me like counting with my fingers like out. But like some of the things that we allow and some of the things that we contribute to and some of the cycles that we are willingly choosing to ignore or not break. Right? And I think that, like, we can sit here and we can look on Instagram and we can scroll through the memes and we can laugh about them and we can do all of those things. But in a way, they still contribute to, like, the toxicity in our lives. They still contribute to how we choose to conduct ourselves. And I think that owning up to our own toxicity is a big step in self-reflection, and it's a big step on how to see it coming when it comes towards you. Because that's the thing, right? It's like the whole purpose of this is to be able to avoid toxic behavior or avoid toxic people. Well, that means you have to acknowledge the level of toxicity you have within yourself. And I don't mean go get a test for fucking mercury poisoning. (laughs) Remember when that was like a thing? When like everybody was getting mercury poisoning from fish. That's wild. Um, Anyway, but like that's the thing is you have to be able to like you have to be able to pay attention to like what others say about your own behavior and make sure that you are acting accordingly to that and also consider the source, right? If someone who cares about you and wants the best for you has the stones to come to you and say, hey, not, like, intervention style, like, your behavior has affected me in the following ways. Not that, okay? No, no. God, that show had a moment, though. Um. But, like, being able to also, like, educate yourself on, like, just the different types of it, but also the impacts on relationships. For me, like, one of my biggest toxic traits, too, for a long time was leaving people before they left me because my mom always taught me that like that was a thing that I needed to do was like make sure that you leave before before they leave you so that way it's never your fault and you don't get hurt that's the biggest load of shit I ever heard she used to smoke crack in our kitchen (laughs) why would I take her advice on relationships friendships or adulthood she smoked crack in the kitchen the linoleum—is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Linoleum. The linoleum was peeling on the floor. Like, <laughs> why would I? Why would I take her advice? The linoleum was peeling. In case y'all don't know anything about like what happens when you cook meth in a house, but um, the linoleum will peel because of the chemicals. Anyway, back to what I was saying though. Why would I ever take that kind of advice? But I had to acknowledge that within myself, and it took someone else telling me the decisions that i were i was making to cut people off was affecting other people and i was like i conducted myself for so long like fuck those people i don't care this is about me this is what i need to do i have to do this for me because i me i'm my own priority i'm the best priority because for a long time i wasn't a priority so you have to also be willing to be educated not educated but you need to be willing to educate yourself and be educated by others on the impact of your behavior and make sure that like you're willing to knock back at the ideas that some people have if you have questions about shit, like ask people i mean like this all started when i started talking about like toxic memes right but i did see a meme that said i'm not a ride or die I'm a ride and ask questions. Like, where are we going? Who are we going to see? What are we doing? I'm the same way. I'm not going to be a ride or die. I'm always going to be a ride and ask questions type of person. That's just who I am from Jump Street. So, I, but that's because I've recognized how being a ride or die can become toxic. Because you're willing to stay loyal to someone no matter what. Sorry, I have the hiccups. Um, and this is the part of unfiltered podcasting that you guys get to see is that I'm admitting like I have hiccups. I filmed this from my bedroom. My dog's asleep next to me. Um, my neighbor's taking the trash out, like whatever. Anyway, it's just, I feel like I've rambled on for the last like 40 minutes just about different stories of toxicity. And I hope that in some way I've brought some sort of resolution to you. But, like, there's simple steps to avoiding it, right? So if, if I didn't in the last, like, how many ever minutes, if I didn't, here are some, like, clear and concise, like, boundaries that, you, boundaries that you can have. One is you need to set boundaries. You need to be the type of person that is willing to reflect on your own behavior. You need to be the type of person who listens to feedback and is willing to educate yourself and also be educated by people who care about you. Don't be educated by Joe Schmo because Joe Schmo is probably a toxic piece of shit. Empathy. That's a big one. I feel like not enough people practice empathy and are willing to put themselves in someone else's shoes. And I think that a lot of toxic shit and a lot of toxic interactions stem from people not being able to just be empathetic towards other people. Like when I told you this... A couple minutes ago when I said, you know, my mom told me this story about, like, you have to leave people before you leave them. And I had someone call my bluff and say, well, what about me? Like, how does that impact me? I had to actually take myself out of the situation and put myself in their shoes and, what it, and see what it would look like if I walked away. When that's just, that's kind of like a case study for you. I won't go into detail about it. But also, like, here's another thing about toxic behavior that... I feel like nobody talks about. Why the fuck are we not communicating directly with each other? Why are we always like, I'm gonna post this on my Instagram story and hope somebody sees it. I'm gonna watch their story a bunch of times but I'm never gonna interact with them. I'm gonna make sure that I talk to this person, this person, this person, and this person, but not that person directly. You need to be able to have direct communication to avoid toxic behavior on both yourself and avoid toxic people. So like if you can't have a direct conversation with the person you're having an issue with, the issue is going to spread and then everybody around you is going to pick sides. Because the thing is, is people will pick sides even when they had an option to not pick any side and to just stay the fuck out of it. But they don't. Because some people really like the fucking drama and that's a part about toxic behavior that not a lot of people talk about because again They don't talk about it because it means having direct conversation But if you do not have direct conversation with people, nothing will ever get fucking resolved and nothing will ever get fixed Oof That shit fired me up in a way like i'm just like, ugh, Why can't we just have fucking conversations? but also If it is a direct conversation, this leads into my next point, you need to choose the people you surround yourself with carefully, carefully. And I mean like hand selected, like fucking survivor, like the tribe is fucking spoken. I have a friend who doesn't swear like at all and still manages to get his point across. I can't get my point across sometimes without saying the F word. And Like, without being like, the tribe has fucking spoken. Like, I can't do that. Unless there's children present. And then it's a whole different story. But for some reason, like, still manages to get their point across. And it's totally fine. But for me, I'm like, nope. You guys are gonna feel me on this one. And I don't know why. Sometimes I feel like I embody, like, Denzel in Training Day, right? Mm -hmm. Breathe, dog, breathe. Like, that's how I feel. Is I get very emphatic about some certain shit that I talk about. Because... Again, I am very, very, very passionate about the people I surround myself with because I look at every single person in my circle now and I think, can I come to you directly and say my piece? And will it be well-received? And even if it isn't well-received, will we resolve it? So I want you to take a second and think about the people that you surround yourself with on the daily some let's be honest it's 2023 and we're all fucking busy you don't surround anybody with yourself with you don't surround yourself with anybody daily because that's just not fucking possible think about the people in your in your inner circle think about the people in your life right now sorry i was thirsty um can you come to them with feedback can you come to them with a concern? Can you come to them with anything of how you're feeling? Can you leave it all right there on the table and say, hey, this is what's going on with me? Because in my life, I have had people that I could not come to directly and I had to figure it out on my own. And I'll go into a whole other segment about like why I've had to go it alone for a long time or why I felt like I needed to. But can you go to them? And just say hey this is what's going on and even if they don't understand it are they willing to just sit there with you are they willing to be with you if that's the case then those are your people if you have to question whether or not you are bringing something to someone and you feel like in some way shape or form they are going to either judge you make you feel some type of way about it spread your business around or act a fucking fool those are not your people So, when it comes to avoiding toxic people and toxic behavior, you need to also analyze your circle. Because your circle is a representation of who you are. I am proud of each and every person that sits in my circle now. And no, when I say sits in my circle, we don't sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya. Oh, you know? Minus the kumbaya. Like, I feel like that would actually be pretty fun. But (laughs) But also, like, just... Just understand that, like, toxic behavior can manifest in all these different ways. But as long as you are really, really assured with yourself and you are really, really comfortable with yourself, you're going to spot it coming from a mile away. You're going to see where, like, it is coming at you and where it is affecting you and how to cut it out. Because you've set those boundaries. You've been able to be empathetic. You've been able to communicate You've been able to talk to people. You've been able to voice your opinions and your concerns and also take the breaks you need from people and also communicate directly. I literally, like, this is probably where I'll end it here, but I literally read these back-to-back memes. and I'm not joking you. They were back-to-back. And while they may be funny... I still sit here and I'm like, this is an example of indirect communication. It says, together or not, I'm going to check that page and I better not see nothing I don't like. First of all, it's not proper English. And second of all, why would you check my page and then tell me that you better not see anything you don't like? That's having expectations for me that you do not have for yourself. And also a form of indirect communication and I don't fucking have time for that. The next one was I don't care how many times you've seen my seen me view your story I'm still not following you. Okay, great. You won't follow me. You won't interact with anything that I do, but you're willing to watch every single thing that I do. That's fucking toxic and I find it to be gross. Either sack up and fucking sit here and talk to me or go away. Go away. I literally read another one that said something about, like, I might fuck around and just message my ex so I can mess up his healing process. Don't for a fucking second think that you have the right, the audacity, or the place to mess up somebody's healing journey. That shit is fucking toxic, and it's an example of indirect communication. I hate it. I hate it so much, and I feel like that's the thing, is toxic individuals have somehow managed to create this, like, narrative Where they have you questioning things that they've done intentionally. And that's just not okay. So you need to be secure with yourself. Secure with your circle. And secure with being able to have direct communication. And it all starts there. Well, that's a lie. It started in the home first. But you get my drift. Once you get to a certain age where you can control like... Your own words, actions, thoughts, all of that. That's when it starts becoming your responsibility to be a not toxic human or non toxic human. Just don't be fucking toxic. That's all I got to say. Just don't do it. If you got family members that are toxic, cut it. If you got friends that are toxic, cut it. If you got coworkers that are toxic, cut it. I don't care what it is. If they're toxic to your well-being, end it. That's all I'm going to say. I know that's easier said than done, but you can see the episode on boundaries. And again, we're still working on that giveaway. And I think it's going to happen in about, um, let's say, like two weeks from now. So I would like you guys to practice avoiding toxic behavior. Practice interacting with Unhinged and Unapologetic on all platforms. And then um, send me a quick DM. Let me know that you've gotten this far in the podcast. And we're working on the giveaway and all of those things. Because I want to interact with you guys as much as possible. I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what your thoughts are. I want to know if I sound as nuts as I think I sound. Um, but that's for me to judge, whatever. Um, either way, you know, the whole podcaster spiel, like, follow, subscribe. I love you guys so fucking much. It It's unreal. And I just, I hope you know how much I fucking appreciate you guys just listening. You guys, everyone who shares the podcast every week, everyone who subscribes every week, everyone, just anyone interacting with this. Please know how much I appreciate each and every single one of you and I love you so much and I've rambled on enough so I'll see you next Sunday.